Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Working class on DeerCast. This is the most professional looking working class <laughs> series any episode that I think we'll do because we're down at the uh, the Jury Boys set. What's up, Matt? What's up? I'm doing good. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. Yeah. So Kurt had to come in, drop off some stuff. We shot yep. a 100% Wild podcast while yep. you were in. It was fun. Figured we'd do a, a working class on DeerCast while you're in, knock a couple, couple yeah. things out. So Yeah. No, I enjoyed doing your guys' podcast because it kind of operates how I operate. Like we're all over the place a little bit. <laughs> um that's like, that's what the, that's the beauty of podcasting. Yeah. You know, it's not supposed to be this like straight and narrow one focus thing like a show is. What's funny is we have our show sheet and like we have set certain set things yeah. and topics that we know we want to cover. Not necessarily topics, but I guess deliverables. And, uh, but outside of that, it's a free for all. <laughs> it's, <laughs> Every time. it's supposed to be though. It's a conversation. Yeah. Cause we'll do some WCB podcasts and at the end I'll be like, Ooh, I got a little <laughs> reckless on that one, you know, but, and then it always just ends up better. And it encourages me to like be more. That's reckless. that's the ones that are our listeners and viewers of the, of the 100% Wild Podcast. Those are the ones they like the most. <laughs> yeah. Like ones that you like question how well it will do. Yeah. Well, you got to think too. Like, like, should I have said that? <laughs> I know. I say a lot of stuff. That's why I always say that. It's like I don't fully believe in it. But, but you know, hunting's good, but they need a, listeners and just consumers of content need a place they can go that's hunting based, hunting supported, give them their hunting stuff, but also it can be more. Yeah. You know, I, I like the BS sessions because and, and the feedback we always get, and I'm sure you do, too, is, man, I feel like I'm sitting around with my buddies. Yeah, and for sure. Th th like if I think about when I when I sit down, I've always thought along the lines of this is good. Th this would be funny if we could translate this conversation from turkey camp or something to, yeah. you know, the, the, you know, something on TV or now the podcast or whatever, because, sure. you know, we get there's characters everywhere. I always think of the characters like mm -hmm. Chris Comstock. We got guys in camp, Chad Kilmer. These are characters. Yeah. And they don't mean to be, but they're awesome. They're great to be around and they yeah. always say funny stuff. And it's yeah. like, man, if I could 
translate that into but it doesn't always work because you it, get those guys right here and they're up. like ah oh, i yeah. can't and they're just it's not the same they put on the professional voice or that's whatever where beer helps yeah that you're right you know yeah. it does help for that and it's, it's for conversation in general yeah and that's normally what's fueling the funny conversations in hunting camp too which is completely it's okay but yeah yeah that's like where the surge of hunting podcasts i think start is like oh that you're just doing what we do. We'll do that too, you know? Yeah. And it's harder than I think people think. It is harder. Even though, I don't know, but I will say, I do. I will admit this. I'm used to my area where I podcast out at the WCB studio. Coming here, just the lights alone make this more intimidating. <laughs> just naturally. It's just, it's a, I and don't know. I don't even think twice about the lights or the cameras or any of that because it's, for me, it's always been there, right? Yeah. It's always been around. Yeah. When I was, you know, Younger, yes, intimidating for sure, and annoying. Frankly, just yeah. annoying. It's like, do we got to film this? Well, like, well, yeah, we do. <laughs> it's just one of those things. It's like I'm just being transparent. I love doing these. It's a fun experience. But yeah. here, I'm like, I don't want to look around too much because there's like <laughs> distractions. Someone's producing this show, and there's a screen back here. It's like <laughs> I'm too um, reckless to be in this professional of a setting. I thought you were gonna say ADD. <laughs> well, I think I have that. You know, I never thought I had that growing up until I became an adult, and I'm like, I watch a video of myself. Squirrel. Yeah, squirrel doing this. I'm grabbing the mic, and you know, I'm just fidgeting naturally. But yeah. But I'm excited. Like I, I like talking hunting and I like podcasting. So yeah, it gets me all riled up. I, I, you know, I can talk, I can yeah. BS, I can, those are strong suits. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody that knows me, it I'm helps. sure the guys make fun of me internally, Mark and Terry, like, oh, okay, you know, it makes sense. And Matt's on a podcast. Well, yeah, that's, it's perfect for you then. Yeah. You but know? I, I don't know. I'm just a talker. It, that's good though. Like you want to, especially hunting camp. That's what it is. It's camaraderie. That's the vibe of it all. You need that. Otherwise no one wants to listen. Yeah. You know, if you were like dry and there's dead air and it's just not fun, you know, you're like, okay. All right. So next <laughs> moving on. I've had a couple episodes where I had to tell some guys like, I need you to talk, man. I'm working my butt off. <laughs> Those are tough. Those episodes suck. They happen every now and again. It's not, it's yeah. coming. Uh, it's less frequent now well you try you try to vet your people first a little better right <laughs> yeah you know yeah. it's like so sometimes we'll have a guest where we don't know them previously and so it's like somebody reaches out That's like yeah we want to promote something and it's like oh, okay let's this is an interesting topic let's try it out and then you're like dang man i wish we wouldn't have done that so i got a way to bypass that that because th we we would run into that but now where our studio is at in new windsor there's a bar tavern restaurant across the road called the depot and what we'll do is we'll have the guests come in and we have a bar at our studio too if for those purposes kind of cut out like the awkward yeah. first introduction thing, but we'll go get dinner, have a couple beers, kind of get to know each other a little bit. If it's our first time meeting, come back over, yeah. we'll record. And then the podcast seems to always do better that way. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. We're just like, we have that layout, but all right, I want to talk a little bit about deer hunting. We're starting to get to the point where uh, people are paying attention to hunting again. Yep. The casuals. Yeah. And nothing wrong with being casual. Everyone's got a life to live, but like we talked, download numbers are going to start ramping up for us. Yeah. Our egos are going to be feeling good again instead of just. <laughs> is anybody out there? <laughs> yeah. Just talking into dead Is this space. thing on? <laughs> That's how it feels, man, sometimes. But so, you know, I just got done setting some stands and adjustments and putting cameras out. And I'm starting to think about my whitetail goals. Like, what do I want to accomplish? And I was curious, what are some of your goals for the season and how do you develop your goals? Well, I think, I think the goals, I think it's a moving target and obviously it's different for everybody. Right. Yeah. So for me, a successful season typically, and it's only because of 
the company that I keep, right? Yeah, yeah. You're around Mark and Terry and Wade and Perry and Forrest and you know all these guys. They're killing a lot of yeah, giant killers. They're giant killers, but they're consistent. And that consistency, I think, is what separates the men from the boys. Yeah. And I think about Ben Rising and Lila, you know, these guys that, and there's a billion of those people out there, I'm sure, and and hometown guys that you don't know of that aren't famous. Under but the radar guys. Yeah, yeah. That, that are consistent killers. Everybody knows, hey, and, you know, your hometown, Bob, he's the guy, <laughs> yeah. right, or whatever. Yep. Yep. The consistency, I think, is what separates us. And I've felt like I was... We, I think we even talked about on on the Hundred Percent Wild podcast with you before about not getting too cocky about your season, right? Yeah. And I felt like I had established a couple of seasons where I felt like, man, things were rolling. I'm finally starting to understand how to be consistent mm-hmm. and how to be a killer and how to close the deal. And yeah. those are all things that I don't think. I mean, maybe there's some natural born. There are natural born killers out there, but for the most part, it's it's based on time in a stand mm-hmm. and, and the experience. Right. For sure. And I thought I finally have gotten to I a consistent figured out point. all the white tails, not a giant killer, <laughs> but a consistent, you know, based on good where I'm hunting, killer. Yeah. big, you know, good, good killer. Yeah. Not, no, man. Last year, <laughs> all that went out the window and I really questioned my ability to kill anything. What, what changed it? Well, I think it was, I think and Mark and Terry always have told me this, but they said they attribute it to Steve Stoltz, one of our original team members, and he's back with us. Uh, the difference of a, I, I, I forget exactly how they say it, but an, um, an, an inch or two, one way or the other, will change your entire season, whether you killed the animal or missed it. Or, or hit a yeah. bat or whatever, it's going to change the outlook of your whole season. For sure. And they got a different way they say it, but that's the gist of it. And that's basically kind of what happened to me. And and my spot last year, I just didn't have anything that I was after in mm-hmm. bow range. And if you, you know, so you can look at it a couple of ways. It was either bad luck or you weren't good enough to get within bow range, meaning you didn't make the adjustments, the micro adjustments that those consistent killers do make. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I know that we talked about this too, about the the podcast you had with Nick Morris and, you know, and, and do we overthink it and all yeah, that. Just go hunting, as we said. See and I, I do think we over, I mean, I definitely thought and overthought and rethought last year when you're yeah. having a bad season, you analyze all those things to the nth degree. It's like, you're in your own head. I got to make a change. I got to try something different. I got to, you know, we were taking the rogue Ridge bikes back to the back of the property and, you know, doing stuff I wouldn't normally do and trying to be more aggressive and, and having encounters and stuff. And, but we weren't seeing mature bucks, Mm -hmm. you you know, like I'm talking five-year-olds, you know, we were seeing four-year-olds and yeah. Next level type deer. Yeah. yeah, and, Yeah. And I've, committed to trying to shoot a five-year-old or better. Maybe I'm making a mistake every once in a while on the aging of it, but in yeah, general, when I everybody know, does. you know, it's like, that's the goal. And we just didn't have anything within range outside of, I went to Mark's and I hit a deer bad, you know, he put me on a great deer and I hit him bad forward, probably four inches forward. So kind of in front of that shoulder. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like, man, I've waited my whole life to go up there. I've never hunted up there. never, hunting with Mark like that. I, I mean, I started shooting way earlier than I always shot, you know, I was ready. I felt like I was ready, but 
there's something about not necessarily karma, but you said getting in your head and yeah, the mental game, man, the mental side of it. And mentally I was having a tough year. Like I, I lost my cousin, which was more like a brother early in the year and then had a crappy Turkey season. And then it just compounded, everything compounded. And you can kind of be like, Oh, woe is me or, you know, dig in. Like I always think about my dad's seasons He's had not as much anymore, but like he was kind of famous for grinding it out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always having a tough luck season and grinding it out. Yeah, working for everything. Working for everything. Nothing came easy kind of thing. And like I said, it's not really the same anymore because they got it so dialed in. But Mm. when I was growing up, those are the years I remember. It's like, all right, so dig my feet in. Let's grind it out. Yeah. And still nothing's happening, you know, and nothing's going your way. And really the only opportunity I had all year Gunner Bo was at Mark's and I, and I screwed it up, you know? Yeah. So you're already in your head anyway. And that was early October. So, (laughs) right. Yeah. So yeah, man, that's, you can get in your head and once you're in your head, if it doesn't pan out after you, you work harder because you're in your own head, you feel like you need to put the extra effort in yeah. and it still doesn't work out. And then you're, you're, you're almost just going backwards. Yeah. You don't know that you feel that you're not, you feel like you're making the right moves in the moment. Yeah. And that, that was it. And so when I look at all going back to your original question, when I look at the season and goals, yeah, I think originally a goal would have been like, my goals typically are, okay, I'd like to kill two to three good bucks a year. Mm-hmm. That's my goal typically. Yeah. And that's across a couple states. You know, it's across usually Missouri and Illinois, four tags. And, you know, yeah. hey, can I kill two? Usually it's two. If I killed three, it's like the season of all seasons. For sure. Another goal always for me is can we get Scott on a deer or two as well? He's he's there grinding it with me, then my camera guy yep. all every step of the way. So yeah, you know, those good years I was talking about we were succeeding. I was succeeding. He was succeeding. It was just a good vibe and feeling. Yeah. And last year we both had tough seasons. He missed one that he was after I hit the bat one bad and I couldn't catch up with another one. It was just a tough, tough season. So when I look at this year and look at goals, I think I have to be realistic. It isn't about a number necessarily. It's about, can we, can we adjust and get in front of a deer, a good mature buck and, and have a good quality footage storylines and get and seal the deal. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's not about two or three or yep. two for me and a couple for him. It's not about that. It's like, yeah. hey, whatever comes in front of us, whatever's mature between the two of us, can we put a good storyline together and kill a good deer? And and I think things fall in line after that. But man, you, yeah. if you get through October and you haven't killed something, and then all of a sudden you pass through the rut and you haven't killed something. And then all of a sudden the Missouri gun season comes and you Pressure's haven't killed on. something. It, it, it's, it makes the rest of the year absolutely miserable. And that's not what hunting should be about. But yeah, when right. you're doing it in this company, and I'm talking about not Dre Outdoors, I'm talking about like around these people and it's the team members that we have on Dre Outdoors, like – these are big buck killers yeah. and consistent. Puts pressure on you in a weird way. You, uh, or you're like, feel like you're racing time a little bit with it. You don't deserve, it's like, I don't deserve to be here or get the things that we get because of the relationships and the affiliations that we have. It's like, do I, am I of this class? Well, mm. probably not. I'm still, I'm still feel like I'm on the outside looking in on becoming. Oh, that's that, interesting. That type of hunter. Yeah. And but still have all these great opportunities in front of me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, am I making the most of the opportunities? Am, am I learning? And I think it's because I need to learn more. As, and I, and I try, it's not that I'm just yeah. sitting back and saying, Hey, when's the deer going to get hey, here? You're putting in the work, you get how it has to operate. Yeah. 
but it's like, have I, have I put in all the right, have I put in all the right steps? What each, a, that's a weird, um, not weird. I, I, it's a unique external pressure that you're factoring. And I think that I, that most people probably don't factor in. Maybe they do depending on who they're around, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing to have that pressure to think that way. I do from my perspective. Yeah. Well, it's your, your company, right? You have a lot riding on it. You're trying yeah. to feed your family. You got, you got, yeah. you, everything's tied in with you killing something with a bow, which right? sounds silly to some people. Like we don't have to kill to be successful, but you're in the business of hunting. You do. You got to shoot stuff. You do. Like if you watch a, which I know it's not as, as exactly the thing anymore, but say if you were watching a 30 minute TV episode yeah. and you watched 29 minutes of fluff and finally a kill or maybe no kill and it's a miss at the end. You're like, yeah. what the hell did I just watch? Or you watch a Drury Outdoor show and there's three kills, you know, or two kills and they're giants. And you're like, <laughs> oh, this was easy. It's well, way better. Yeah. It, it's, it's a numbers game a little bit. It's not that it was easier. The time was still put in by the hunters, but we have so many guys hunting yeah. that we're able to put so many kills into an episode for sure. But we pride ourselves on having a lot of action in there. Yeah. No, so that's, yeah. If, if you're out there doing this and you're not killing anything, you're, you're not, it's important. You it know. is. So let me ask you this. If you wouldn't have had a crappy season last season, you would have had the best season that you've ever had. How different would your goals be? I think it would be consistently leading into last year. My goals were three between Scott and I three or four bucks a year. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that, I have a much different perspective of it now after being a little bit of a loser for a year, you know, and having a, <laughs> a tough bum, year. Yeah. It's like, man, that's not for your average guy. And I would consider myself an average hunter, mm -hmm. maybe above average. I don't know, but certainly not a great hunter. Not at that level. I know you mean you're better than you're giving yourself credit for here, I think. But so, so if you look at it that way, originally I would have thought three to four deer a year, bucks, you know, good kills on camera where we got four or five camera angles going and we produced the hell out of it. Yeah. To me, that's success, but I'm judging myself against internally. I'm on 13 with Mark Taylor Wade. Th these guys, I mean, they're the best. Yeah, for sure. And, it doesn't get much better at all. And so we're judging our seasons against their seasons, not from a size of deer, because I know that's not realistic. That I don't have a problem with. Yeah. I yeah. don't think about like, Hey, if I can kill a good five-year-old 150, I'm, I'm You're killing ecstatic. It. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like we, yeah. we're walking tall and we're getting Casey's pizza and drinking a bush light that's afterwards. Right. My style. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, but it's not necessarily realistic. It's for sure. just not. Yeah, you know, I guess when I see goals, I, a lot of places my brain goes is like inches, like what's your inches goal, whatever. But like mature deer is like always on the – that's everybody's goal, I think. But, you know, it's like, okay, to, to me, I kind of have an inch goal for the year. And it's not uh, – maybe it's because I've had tagged out years in the past and I'm kind of getting – I don't want to say I'm getting cocky, but yeah. for myself, like – What's my goal? I'd like to kill a mature buck that maybe goes around that 170 or better mark. You yeah. Know? That's like what I'm thinking. But, you know, I'm thankful to kill a mature buck if he's a 130, if he's yeah. mature, you know? So have you ever killed a, a booner? A I'm at boon? 167. So it's, it's, I've only killed one in 42 years. I've killed one that was maybe five years ago or so. Mm -hmm. And it's a dad's place. You know, it's, it's kind of an outlier a little bit, but he, he didn't, they haven't killed a ton of booners there at his farm yeah. to that point. I think it was like the second or third one in like 15 years. You guys talking like it. a gross booner, like 170 or yeah, 160. I know some people, 165, some people calculate that. But. Yeah, I've never heard, I've never heard that, but. I think Boone and Crockett's 165 all times 170. Gotcha. I always said 170. 170 is what I've always yeah. judged it by, but. 
I know that that in the areas that I'm hunting, it's not a reality. Can it happen? Yes, but you can't yeah. kill one if there isn't one in your area. And Mark, Mark, they, I've heard people say that forever, and they're dead on right. So For if sure. I like, as I look at goals, I got a new farm this year. I closed on it in February. Congrats. Thank you. And I think that's a farm that we can kill a good deer on. Mm-hmm. But ba- I was lucky enough to to buy it early enough to throw out some cameras and see what was there. Yeah. And there were tons of bucks, but age-wise, I felt like maybe one or two that you'd shoot. You, you, you know yeah. what I mean? Yep. yep. And so it's like, all right, new farm. Can we, we've already done a lot of work to it. We still got a little bit more to do for fall plots. Can we cultivate this thing? It was basically like an untouched property yeah. just grown we were up. watching some of the videos you guys Great bedding about. and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. so it's like, can we go in there and kill a deer, a good buck, whether it's Scott, whether it's me, it's I don't gotta care. It's got to break the ice on it. I, I, we want to, I want to go in there and, and prove to myself, to, I'm sure Scott feels this way, prove that we have the ability to take a property, go in and use what we know yep. and cultivate it to kill a, a good buck, a good five-year-old buck. Yeah. So that's a goal. Mm-hmm. And, and whether that, you know, whether that happens or not, we'll see. That's I think, a great goal. I think I, that's, I think it can happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Another so get goal an icebreaker goal for a new piece would be on, we got, I got two other leases. And the, the the one has been really tough. It's this will be year three on it, and it's been very very tough to kill a, a deer on. It's a turkey. I mean, it's a turkey farm. It's unbelievable. It's like worth leasing just for the turkey rights. Mm-hmm. But it's very hard to kill a deer on this farm. It's just one gi- giant big field, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's just so open. I don't think they're comfortable coming out until it's dark for yeah. the most part. Mm-hmm. So we've been trying to do things and plant food plots and get strategically change our strategy. We change it in year two and, and just had a tough time with it. And so we're going to, we've got some adjustments we're going to make for year three. That's a goal. We want to kill a deer on this farm. Mm-hmm. We should, we should have last year. I did in year one, you know, but I think, Hey, goal, can we kill a deer on this farm? Yeah. So, so that's a goal. It's very generic though. It's not no, tied to inches. No, but it makes sense though. It makes sense for what you're dealing with. Like that'd be that I'd probably make the same goal. You know. You know, I kind of did that on my my wife and I bought a 40 acre farm. My goal was I didn't really expect there to be a lot of deer on it. Yeah. I just bought property to get into it. Yeah. And I'm like, man, there's a big deer. And there was, there's a big buck on it. I'm like, it'd be cool to kill him. Yeah. And I, I was lucky enough to do it. That was like my goal. Kill a deer. Really, I didn't care at the time. Like a buck on my own piece. Well, first it was kill a deer on my own piece, ground that I own. Yeah. And I shot a doe and I'm like, whoa, this is a cool feeling. Yeah. All right, next step. Let's see if we can find a buck. So I feel like your goals change, but you almost have to like be realistic. Otherwise, yeah. You're never gonna maybe there's shoot for the stars, right? Is some <laughs> the argument some people would have, but and and going in, like, you know, if I want to shoot a 170 or better, I just put trail cams out. I might not have a buck that goes 170, like I think I'm gonna. I have great intel that tells me that I will. Um, but if he's not around, then I just what readjust. Can you do? Yeah, you know, you can't kill one if he's not there. Readjust. That that's also an an area. It's like the biggest deer, right? It, it's not always this way, but usually it's a mature buck, right? The biggest yeah. deer, but not always. Not but always, yeah. say if the biggest deer is also mature, that's usually a goal. It's like I want to kill the trophy on this farm. Yep. And that, I mean the last year that that was the goal too but it was just we couldn't we couldn't we saw him once saw him one time and he come in from behind us during the rut and you know was coming down our trail 
basically downwind. He's, well, no, he wasn't downwind yet, but he stopped. He kind of, like they do, since something's wrong. And then he kind of just goes behind us and walks off and, you know, tried grunting and calling him snort wheezing and all that shit. And he wouldn't come back in. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and that's the only time we saw him. And, yeah. and it's just like, it was that our only chance. I think it may have been our only chance all year. You know, that yeah. was it. That was our chance all year. Crap. <laughs> well, I always said that growing up until, I always say there's like ladders and like there's steps to bow hunting, right? And steps yeah. to hunting in general. And I got to a point where I was like, I'll be lucky if I get my one opportunity a year. That's what I always said. Same. Now, now I feel that I'm a little better that I can get myself more than one opportunity a year. But can, am I going to give myself three a year? That's a lot. But I think I can get more than one, yeah. two. But and, I don't know. And, and that's <laughs> interesting because they don't mess up right much so if you yeah. get one opportunity you don't close the deal or say they just weren't close enough to seal the deal which happens especially Most archery times, usually yeah. that's what usually is happening it's like damn is that it is that was that our chance mm -hmm. and and but then you're like okay we we got close and so now you're trying to make a micro adjustment or you're maybe you're waiting for that same wind or condition you need to get back in there yeah and it's different if you're on a farm where they just kind of roam around and they're not very patternable. Yeah. And there, there are farms like that. I found that out. I grew up hunting last, a farm like that. Yeah, yeah. The last few years on these leases, like they just aren't overly patternable, even yep. on a food source. And you know, it's like no obvious terrain features. No. Yeah. 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 So, so in that case, you're, you're hunting, right. You're doing the right things, but you're not getting opportunities. That's taxing. Very taxing. That wears you down. I grew up hunting like that. And that's where I kind of, and maybe that's what changed for me. I think, of course, I feel like I got better over the years, more experience, but um, properties have changed. But it's where I grew up hunting. My dad and I, and we killed bucks on there, but it'd be like, here's your opportunity. If you miss, you might not get another one. It was very sporadic. Yeah. So I think that's might be where I had that kind yeah. of mindset a little bit. But yeah, I remember this is probably year one or two hunting, hunting the, this original lease that I had. And these are, so I live in St. Louis area and, and I have a young family. So <clears throat> want to be home at night. Yeah, that's yeah, the, of kind of the goal. I mean, I don't take many trips, you know, hunting trips and that that's yeah. the weird part because you could, I could go anywhere in this country probably and, and could go hunt somewhere if I really wanted to, but mm -hmm. I always try to stay around the house. And so I'm hunting these leases mm -hmm. and, and I remember the first year, I think we had like, me and my camera guy at the time had one or two opportunities and, and he didn't get on the deer and, you know, maybe I messed up the the opportunity. It's like, we're watching our season pass by us and these best encounters that we're having aren't even good enough for the cutting room floor of what we're mm. doing for, our, from a company perspective. It's another angle to consider. And it's like, we won't even see this footage ever. It's not good enough. We don't have a, you got a second of a shaky camera angle of the deer and I'm, you know, it's I like believe Bigfoot footage. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. so that, you know, I, I realized right then and there, like these one or two opportunities that most guys, they're going to sling, not most, there's going to be a, a group of guys out there that'll take their shot in those instances. And I'm waiting to get the right camera angle, full frame, full frame yeah. and a beautiful shot and all this stuff. And, and then, you know, that second or two goes by and the deer takes off. Yeah. It's like, how many times have, have, uh, has an opportunity gone by just because of the camera and it, dude, I all the time. give you guys so much credit for that, man. And, and I'm starting to film a little more, but I just, I can't miss, I'm mean, just wired from, I think my mindset, like I'm just not, I'm not going to commit to the camera that hard yet. You know, I would, would be if needed. Like if I got invited to go on a hunt, they're like, Hey, this has to be good fit footage. If it's somebody else's dime, then I will. But I'm hunting whitetails at home on my own property, but I don't have to do that. I'm a podcast. 
See, and I've never hunted without one. Yeah, yeah. So that's a big. It's like my mindset's 180 of yours because I don't know any other way. Yeah, that's at 42. Our company's what almost 35 years, 34 years, I think. I'm 42. I I don't know it any other way. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so you're you're more conditioned for that. Whereas me, I'm like, we're committed. We're pot committed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This isn't a flash in the pan actually. So, so yeah, I never yeah. thought about that part. You know, you are conditioned. You don't know any different. It's not like you be- became, you know, in your twenties, like, Oh, I'm going to start filming hunts. And I can tell yeah. you last year we had opportunities right at dark, right. You know, legal shooting light where the camera light, we didn't have it. We had I, probably three or four opportunities like that last year. Yeah. And in a tough season that changes your season. If you're oh. just your average guy out there hunting, you got your opportunity. Yeah. That's your opportunity. First yep. 15, last 15. That's it. Mostly. And that's when most of you are moving. That's right. And we had our opportunities, but you can't shoot, right? We got to oh, get, yeah. it's not worth a damn if we don't get it on camera. Yeah. You're just killing one to, to just, kill. Just kill. Yeah. And that's not what we do. Well, yeah. So. I mean, I think People hear that the camera light thing in conversation, but I think a lot of people don't really oh, consider how significant. It's a good five minutes, at least. A lot of times, it's yeah. a good five minutes you could lose. There's and, a lot of shots last few minutes of legal shooting, like oh, you yeah. need. Yeah, listen to gun season. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. yeah. After shooting light, actually, right. a lot of them is like, what's going on oh, over there? Oh, well, that's interesting. There was eight shots. How does that pan out? Yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, that's crazy. That's. uh I don't know. It's, I think it's all good conversation, especially for your guys' sake, for the consumer of jury outdoor shows. It's like, understand the kind of pressure you guys are under. Um, and there's gonna be a lot of people like, oh, I'll cry about it. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I'm not expecting any, you know, any emails I, like, oh, I feel bad. Like I'm not yeah. asking for that. It's yeah, just, poor baby. Yeah. it's just a different, it's a, we have a different outlook on it. Yeah. It has to be a certain set of circumstances for it to be a successful hunt. Right. And that's yeah. different than your average guy. A successful hunt for your average guy is killing something. For sure. A yeah, successful just hunt for us is is having four camera angles going. And a story. And a story and a history and, you know, all the all the it's, things that go with it. Right, and me, you plugged all your partners along the way. Yeah, you got everything on you're supposed to have on <laughs> so, and all that. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a job. It's a cool job, but there's a lot to do there. Uh, one last thing I wanted to ask you. So I kind of like pick Mark's brain on this because, you know, I, I'm in the middle of like uh, getting new hunting experience, you know, black bear, elk hunting, mule deer, mountain lion hunting. Uh, we just went to Africa. Do you have any interest in doing any other type of hunts? Like what would be like your big bucket list stuff coming up? I would like, so I, I went, I got, I was fortunate to be asked to go on, on a hunt to uh, Utah to mm-hmm. hunt elk. That was a bucket list. It was with a rifle though. I'd love to archery hunt elk. Yeah. I'd like to archery hunt mule deer. And outside of that, there's not much that I like mule deer wise. I would like to go maybe up to Alberta again. That's, you know? Yeah. I'd like to try that. Yeah. And I've seen our guys go up there for, I've been up there filming Mark, you know, several times when I first started working here and mm-hmm. it's just a beautiful, it's beautiful country. Yeah. So I, I like the adventure aspect of that. I like, um, I like the challenge. I like something new. I, the comfort zone thing is uh, that that's something that's I struggle a little bit with because when we go into a hunting camp, like when we went to Utah, everybody's expectation is because of your last name as a jury, mm. or like you're Mark or you're Terry, and that's not the expect. That's not a realistic expectation yeah, yeah. for Taylor or myself, even though she's a great shot. And you yeah, know, so I know what you're saying. I always have a little bit of nerves surrounding that, and, and I'd be the first to tell you, and anybody that listens to, to my podcast knows that. I, I have tons to learn. Like, I don't know what I don't know. And that's a lot, right? Yeah, about but I think a lot you, of different areas. You're of so honest about it, man. Like, 
and I feel like there's like that weird pecking order thing on like job sites. Like we're talking on, on your guys's episodes. Like you show up to a job. Like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah. Like it, rather than just acting like you do and then looking like a fool when you mess it yeah. up, it's better just be like soft deprecating. Yeah. And, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's the reality of it. If I don't know and I can crack a joke and make a little fun of myself and it's, it's like, just, you're just down to earth. That's what, it's that's like, what hey, that is. You know, I don't, I suck at this. So you tell me if I need to do it a different way. Yeah. Like, how do you do this? Yeah. Yeah. What about like Africa? Any interest? I don't. Yeah. I don't know why. A lot I know of Mark and Terry don't have an interest. I I would I wouldn't mind going to see the safari and the wildlife and all that. Like I wouldn't mind that, but I don't have much of a desire to to shoot a zebra, or shoot a you know a lion or you know any of that. I don't know yeah. why Gim's book. I don't. I, I don't. I think that's because we went. And I loved it. And yeah, I'd go back every year if I could. It's I've fun. heard that from everybody that's ever went. Uh, we ran into a guy in the airport and he goes, your guys first trip. Like, yep. He goes, don't shoot everything that, that you can. He goes, you're, you will come back. So, and he was right. We, we left for like, that was the most full throttle fun from the moment we got there till yeah. we left. Like there wasn't a dull moment the whole time. Do you think, I know it's not the same, but do you think going to Texas would be similar in, a, in an instance of there's so many different species down there that you can yeah, hunt I if you want to? You know, I don't know. I've thought about that. It's like, warm. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrain. There's it not looks much like grass. Africa looks like Texas in spots, but you know, can I, I just go to Texas. That. Yeah. It's like, I'd like to try it to see like how now, you know, you have the experience you can compare. Them. Yeah. Like what it would feel like if it would still have that same, like, uh, part of the thing we, we like we're in Africa this is cool you know it's like an adventure we're yeah doing stuff that you just dreamed like watching Jim Shockey growing yeah. up and so I think that added into the coolness factor I feel like if we just went down to Texas and everything was like smaller property and it was just like it might feel kind of lame yeah or like robbery a little bit I don't know I would try because there you could shoot the hell out of all kinds of different things and I I would try I would like to do like an axis or a fallow hunt in Texas yeah. and I think that would give you my gauge of like how I would feel about it yeah but uh, I was just curious. I always wondered that. I, I I think going back to the adventure side of it, not necessarily Africa, but like, um, you know, you get, see those guys go to the Northwest Territory and yeah. there's caribou hunts and there's, you know, brown bear or whatever. Like that intrigues me. I often wonder if I have the skill set or ability to A, keep up or B, succeed. You know, like, yeah. like the thing I worry about most and, and and because I've watched it for years, and and we used to have a big game series and and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, is I've, the moment of truth. This. They when they they crawl up or they stalk a, a, a whatever the animal is, and they're looking at you. And at that moment of truth, you have to get up, pull back, range. You know, in your head, no, make that shot. Yeah, that's the the area that always freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> of can I do all that? Can yeah. I legitimately not wound the damn animal? That's the yeah. key here. That's a legitimate Can I make concern. a good shot? And oh, by the way, we're filming it. So, yeah, you know, you better. <laughs> it's a legit concern. I think doing some of the adventure Western stuff I, builds you up to it. I, and I'm not saying like with a gun, I, I feel great about that. Like I feel yeah. like I can make that shot. I did in Utah. But with a bow, it's just a different level of. There's more to the cycle of the process. Boy, there is. And and there's some real repercussions there. And if, if you wound the animal or if you hit it bad, then the feeling that you have of disappointment, not for yourself, but for everybody around you, the it's guy, big. the outfit or the, you know, it's like, <laughs> God, just screwed up. Well, that's, you know, when in Africa, that was, the, you know, I felt that pressure. The first animal that came in was an Impala. And I'm like, man, if I mess up this first shot and yeah. just look like a fool, you know, and that happens if you mess up a shot, you know, we've all done it, but 
Boy, like, you wouldn't think the internet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the internet right, says yeah. otherwise. Everyone's perfect, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I'm like, oh, man, this is going to really, my first animal, first day, first morning, really ruin the vibe of the rest of the trip if yeah. we start off on a bummer. But yeah, it's, uh, I like that adventure and that, and, and it's just like, it's almost, you're way more glad you did it after it's all done. You're like, wow, that was a, an adventure. Yeah. Like I lived, you know, it was cool. I but, think that the part, not everybody has that feeling in the back of their head. I think. I am a um, a worrier I am and, too, and a I people like a pleaser in general. Mm. So I always want to make sure, hey, you got what you need. You're comfortable here. You got a drink. You, you know, if you're hosting a party or whatever, it's like that kind of like yeah. make sure everybody's good. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're the one hunting and you're the one, you know, releasing that arrow, it's a stupid feeling, I think, but it's a feeling of, is everybody around me good? Is, is, is this good for everybody? Am, yeah, am yeah. I doing the right thing here? I get what you're saying. Just don't worry about it. Just go. It's easier said than done. It is. I don't take meds. <laughs> I'm just, it's just me out here. Have a beer. <laughs> that, well, beer and Casey's, right? That's right. He's not in here. We should just talk about Tim the whole time. That's fine. Hatred for Casey's, which is a Midwest letdown. Ah, oh, he's a letdown. Yeah. He, he doesn't like the things that we like because he's healthy. He's a, he's better than us. <laughs> he's definitely healthier you than think? us. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, no, man, I thought this was a fun convo. I just want to see goals. And I always wonder, because every time I bring adventure not adventure type hunting other hunting than whitetails or turkey to mark marks are it's just like he's in a different place though he's 56 and about to be 57 terry's 66 about to be 67 like my dream would be for as a father and son goal and i'm sure now things feel much different for you that i would love to go on a hunt with dad somewhere i would yeah. love to go me and him go on a trip go kill an elk somewhere like a big adventure he'll never do it He'll never go. Hmm. I, I know that he doesn't want to. And, and you know, that's the reason I got to go on that elk hunt. Mark and Terry said, no. <laughs> so Dang. I mean, if you need a buddy to just come along. Call me, man. I'll go with you. Yeah. So, but, but you know what I mean? Like I'd love yeah. to have that experience, but I, I just know it's not in our cards. Cause it's not something those guys are at, not the tail end, but they're winding down. They've done a lot and they've done a lot and yeah. they've gone on those trips when they were in their thirties and, you yeah. know, and all that stuff. They exactly. did. They did all those trips. It makes sense. You know, I get it. How old are you? 32. I'm 42. So there's a lot of life that, that there's a lot of things we haven't done yet. Yeah. And I'm just trying to, uh, new experiences in hunting. Yeah. You know? I, I'm with you. Like yeah. I, I'd like to go try new camps and you gotta come to black bear camp with us. It'd be a good way to like cut your teeth on it. You know? Yeah. Black bear. We talked about on the other podcast. I don't know. I don't know it's how I feel about that. Fun. I love, I would love the campsite yeah. of it. I yeah. love that vibe. Well, let's just talk. I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah. Like the hunting's cool. Anywhere where there's good food, good drink. I'm in You're dude. You'll have a blast. <laughs> there's no way it's a bad time. I promise. I bet not. Well, thanks for letting me kind of hijack the studio again for the second time. It's all right, man. Makes it easy for me. It's I don't have to fun. do anything. <laughs> Just don't guys run. hand it to me. This is great. So nah, producer man, Matt's it. like, thanks. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the man. Wherever. Yeah. Yeah. So. so yeah. in the screen, we're going to get a screen like this. No, th- this is awesome, man. I love what you guys are doing. I appreciate, um, you know, letting us be a part of the the crew here on DeerCast. Yeah, and absolutely. It's been a lot of fun. So it's been great. Appreciate cool. it. You know what to do, guys. Go shoot a giant. We love you. See you next week. Till next time. Peace out.